Welcome everybody to the Unstable Duel Podcast. I am Forrest, and I am joined as always by my lovely co-host Justin. How you doing, Justin? Yeah, it's a good day, man. That's Got good. a brand new grill all fired up today. Oh man, it was what sixty today? It's supposed to be like <laughs> oh. supposed to be like seventy Monday or Tuesday or some shit almost. Oh yeah, it's coming. And then and then Wednesday, I believe, back down to like thirty five and snow. Gotta love Wisconsin's uh, transitioning seasons. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I got a new grill all fired up, so I'm happy. I can care either. I, I can care less if it goes to thirty. It's ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first off, I want to apologize if I sound a little nasally, or <clears throat> or I'll try to mute my mic if I have to blow my nose. Seems like I have a little sinus cold this evening. Uh, with that said, this week we are talking veterans, which was a suggestion by a listener who's not even in chat and needs to get their books in here. That's right. I'm moving. All right. So for anybody that, for one reason or another, might not know what a veteran is, a veteran does not mean somebody that just simply served in the military. A veteran specifically means somebody that served in the military and um, participated in a war. Whether they were on the front line, back line, they were deployed, and they served in a war in one way, shape, or form. So, <clears throat> veteran population. Today we're going to talk about the homelessness, the mental health issues of veterans, um, <clears throat> and why why we see so many of them asking for change or just on hard times. So, uh, veteran population... Um, different studies show different things, but it's pretty much between 16 to 18 million, depending on what data you look at. The majority of veterans are over the age of 75. Um, the Gulf War veterans are around 7.8 million living U.S. veterans. Um, that accounts for 43% of the total veteran population. And then Vietnam War era veterans, which is 1950s to 1970s, that's about 5.6 million living veterans, which constitutes uh, about 30%. And then rounding number three is <clears throat> the Korean conflict uh, veterans from the 50s. Uh, that, that accounts for almost 800,000 veterans um, alive today, about 4%. And that's crazy because people, veterans from the 1950s, they're, yeah, they're, they're in their 70s. They're in their late 70s now. Well, that's 70 years ago there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you figure <laughs> even if they're 18 when they served, yeah, you're yeah, right. 90. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're pushing 100. And to think that there's still almost 800,000 of them alive, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, they don't build them now like they used to, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's for yeah. sure. So I'll let you pick. Where would you would you like to start with mental health or homelessness when it comes to vets? Well, I mean, I think uh, we spend a lot of time on mental health. Mm-hmm. That's a big focus of this <clears throat> podcast. So uh, I believe that's going to be the most important thing that we address and get in um, and start talking about. <clears throat> All right. So mental health. Obviously, it's no secret. You go off to war. Well, I guess let's start. When you join the military, 
the purpose of the military and different branches are, are you know, more subject to this this process than others. They pretty much break you down <coughs> and rebuild you back up into <coughs> excuse me, into the ultimate soldier. They they brainwash you a little bit, they I guess yeah, Eat they, your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they get you they just get you in that mentality to be the perfect soldier, soldier to take orders, to listen. Um, and that in itself, you know, is a little bit different than civilian life. Then you're, you're seeing stuff, you're doing stuff, you're, you're having to kill people, you're seeing people be killed. It's, it's no wonder mental health runs rampant in, in the veterans. Yeah, I mean, I wonder <coughs> with Welcome, this Sarah. brainwashing and training and all that stuff, the beatdown that they give these men, is that actually beneficial to their mental health? Yeah, well, um, while we know it's beneficial as a soldier once they go home, in what other aspect of life do you blindly follow orders from anybody like that without having any real thought process of your own? You just don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of anything where it's like shut up and do it and you're not allowed an opinion or you're going to pay severely, you know, push-ups, pull-ups, um, lots of penalties if you don't just blindly follow what you're told to do and you even ask a question, you're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, if I lived that life right now, I'd be in, I'd be in the brig because I surely don't follow directions like that. <laughs> I don't think I ever have. So estimated number of veterans with mental health conditions. Um, as of 2020, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration has it at 5.2 million. And that's just for that year. That's like new cases that year, which is... Damn near 25%. That's 30%. Which is higher than the, than the year before. 1.7 million of them received treatment in the VA mental health program in 2018. <clears throat> um, PTSD is about 15 to 20% of veterans who use the VA healthcare have PTSD with higher rates among women veterans due to the increased reports of military sexual drama, which is, is sad that that happens, but that I've heard from numerous people I knew that were in the military, um, my uncle, the most recent one, uh, who was in the Air Force, it's, it's no secret that sexual assault runs rampant, uh, especially overseas. They, the military bases overseas have no, they're not governed by any real uh, police forces in, in those areas. They're governed by the old military on that base. So, so much stuff is overlooked. It's crazy. <clears throat> Yep, you're Uncle Sam's when you're in the military. Yep. Does not matter what you do on a base, uh, the military will deal with you the way they want to deal with you. Studies have found that depression itself is, there's no real difference between uh, people that are veterans and non-veterans, uh, but anxiety, PTSD, substance abuse, and suicide are significantly higher than non-veterans. <clears throat> That doesn't surprise me. I mean, they see some pretty, some pretty wicked things yeah. uh, when they go off. 
<laughs> I mean, just imagine going on the street and see random people getting shot. I mean, I, I don't know if I can imagine that. Uh, 2021, there were 6,392 veterans that died of suicide, according to the VA's 2023 National uh, Veteran Suicide Prevention Report. That represents a almost 12% increase compared to 2020. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for veterans under the age of 45 and the 13th leading, leading cause of death for veterans overall. <clears throat> Uh, the age-adjusted suicide rate for veterans is 58% higher than the rate for adults who have never served in the military. I mean, that right there. Yeah, that's a pretty staggering number. Yep. Uh, women veterans are experiencing a disproportionate uh, increase in suicide rates. The age-adjusted rate for women veterans increased by 24 Point nine percent from two from two thousand twenty to two thousand twenty one, compared to a five point one percent increase for men for male veterans, and veterans who served during the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan have a higher suicide rate than the veterans from other eras, even if they were not deployed. I almost wonder if, like you were saying earlier, if that has to do with men were kind of bred different. Uh, oh yeah, a, a back right back in the, in those war, in those days. I mean, let's look at the average age that you're talking about. There's that many veterans um, from Korea left. Yeah, I mean, almost eight hundred thousand. That's that's crazy. Look at a total population of people that were born back that time. That would have to be the mid thirties. I wouldn't imagine there there are that many of them left. Now, here's some more. We're, we're going to talk about homelessness for a second before we get into issues with the VA, why veterans don't get help, etc. 35,574 veterans have were experiencing homelessness in 2023. Almost 21,000 were sheltered, while 15,500 were unsheltered. Most veterans, that just means the difference between sleeping in a a homeless shelter or sleeping in an alley uh, doesn't mean they found home. <clears throat> uh, most veterans, 98% of all veterans, experience homelessness as an, as an individual. 30% of those veterans experienced chronic patterns of homelessness, which means they were homeless three or more <laughs> times over the course of a two-year period. Ninety-eight percent of all veterans have experienced homelessness as an individual. Now that may only be they were homeless for one night. You know, the chronic the chronic homelessness is is a little bit more scary at thirty percent. But the ninety-eight percent didn't have a place to go at one point in time after coming home from serving our government. Yeah, I mean. When you sign up to serve Uncle Sam and our, our country, the country you would think would serve you after. Yeah. I'm like, here's your medal. There's your uh, your garbage can over there. Go sleep behind it. Like, you're discarding these people. Yep. I mean, no wonder our, our military is at its lowest uh, number that it's ever been at. I mean, people, the enlistment is down so bad that they're taking people that aren't even physically fit enough to do it. Yep. Um, that's because of how people are treated. 
Um, almost 90%, or I'm sorry, almost 88% of all those veterans that experienced homelessness were men. 11% uh, were women. It's, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. There's a lot more homeless centers for women that don't accept men, right. um, especially if they have a child or something. We're missing 1%. Who are they? Those 80 and 11. <laughs> Transgender? <laughs> We can't have that many in the military. Come on. Why are veterans... Okay, research indicates that those who served in the late Vietnam and post-Vietnam eras are the greatest risk of becoming homeless, but veterans from more recent eras and conflicts are also affected. Veterans returning from deployment in Afghanistan and Iraq often face invisible wounds of war, including traumatic brain injury, uh, PTSD, blah, 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 blah. Alright. So yeah, uh mental health and homelessness are pretty pretty fucking crazy uh running rampant with veterans. So we have the VA in in, in America, which is a hospital designed to help veterans. What it why why do people have such a hard time getting help? One thing I found out in talking to family members that have been in the military <clears throat> and research is that to get help at the VA, like if you're a veteran, you don't just get help there. Um, you have to go through pre-approval processes. Um, a lot of times they're understaffed, especially when it comes to mental health. They have a couple year waiting lists if, if you need to see therapists. And then the the pre-approval process is they have to see that whatever you sustain, whether it's a physical injury or mental injury, it has to be uh, a conf or it has to be caused by you being deployed. Like if if you are a veteran and you broke your leg today, the VA hospital being overwhelmed can t- turn you away because that's that's not an issue that has to do with military or them. Right. I and mean, they might make you wait for 30 or 40 days. Mm-hmm. Like the average wait time to get into the VA is 30 days. Um, and for some, it's way longer. Yeah. Uh, depends on the city. I My uncle lives in Green Bay. He he says that the, the Green Bay um, VA hospital is not that bad. It's not a big wait list. And he's been able to get the care he needs but I know in Milwaukee County, the VA hospital has very large wait lists and a very huge decline in requests for help. Yep, I know my uh, dad lives in Michigan, um, by Traverse City, where I believe the VA is for him. Um, wait list is extremely long, long enough that the government has approved him to go to other doctors um, because how long it is. I mean, he's had uh, six-month wait times for visits he had to get in for. Uh, it's absolutely terrible. It makes you wonder, as much as I'm a pro-universal healthcare, it makes me wonder if the way VA hospitals are is the way all hospitals would be <laughs> if we had I, universal healthcare. And I, I'm a firm believer that anything the government gets their hands on goes to hell. They don't know how to manage themselves, let alone manage things that actually have to be managed for people. I mean, if you look at the VA and how that's ran, that should give you all you need to know about the government. Yep. Um, these people serve our country. 
they should be able to walk over to any doctor's office, any hospital, anywhere they need to be, say, I'm a vet, walk right in and get taken care of. I completely agree with you. Um, 2017, the most recent report I could find, 36% of all new patients of the VA medical centers had wait times greater than 30 days. Um um, mental health associations have constantly said VA hospitals have consistently fallen short on treating people with mental health illnesses or prescribed medicines with no follow-up. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, mental health, you cannot just be given a single medication and be sent on your way. A lot of times, a lot of times, the first medication, the second medication, maybe even the first five medications you're on, could make symptoms worse. One of the main side effects of all mental health medications is the urge to uh, the increasing suicidal thoughts. You have to be followed up and medications have to be adjusted. You can't just be given a medication and be sent on your way. Exactly. I mean, they schedule, uh, for most people, at a maximum of 30-day period before you have to check in especially with a new med and it goes from a psychiatrist to your primary doctor where you got two sets of people that monitor you on a very regular basis. Yeah. Um, I, I know I, I have people in my life that I have to make these calls for. So I know they are on it. Like, Oh, you got new meds. You better call me in two weeks and I need to know. And then, yeah, the psychiatrist or psychologist is right there after that. So with all the issues of the VA, including the the shortages, the staffing shortages and everything else, I genuinely wonder why, when America has a very good health care system for its disabled and retired, you know, federal Medicaid, state Medicare, I might have those two reverse, Medicare and Medicaid regardless, that let you go to pretty much any doctor in the entire country, even other countries like Canada. Most of Canada covers uh, U.S. insurances. Why don't we just give veterans that for the rest of their life? Whether they work, whether they use it, it, it just seems silly to have a whole another hospital just for them that underperforms in every way and sets them up for failure. I, I just, like I said, I think it's 100% the fault of the government. When you sign up for the military, you are signing your life to the government. Mm -hmm. um, they say, you know, serve your country, but more often than not, it's serving the government. And mm -hmm. when you become uh, a property of the government, you're treated like everything the government treats, like, like garbage. They don't care. They care about their pocketbooks. Um, you know, and researching some of this stuff, uh, you've got, uh, obviously, like you said, um, workload and staffing issues are a big problem. From what I see, two, more than 2,000 claim processors resigned in the last three years. They mishandle disability claims. 68% uh, of claim processors fail to follow procedures or claims properly. Um, bad leadership. Uh, the budget is ballooning. 
the privatization where veterans are privatizing their health care. Um, and then the stupid shit about inadequate care for specific groups. There's inadequate care for the LGBTQ community. Um, which I highly doubt is an actual cause. Um, but again, it's government mishandling everything, mismanagement. So I would say my my initial opinion is you got two options on that. Um, your option is a very good option. Just let them have the same insurance that the old people get. You know, Medicare, Medicaid, and let them go on. But the problem is, again, the government's uh, got its hands in it. So you're going to be limited limited on who you can use as your doctor. Um, the thing with, like, the old folks is, is that they already have a doctor established. And when you have a doctor established, they usually won't boot you if you go to Medicare. Mm. But if you try to get a new one, good luck. Because yeah. a lot of people don't trust the government, so they won't take their money. <clears throat> or uh, that universal health care that has been floated where you get health care provided for you uh, goes to veterans. You start it with them. Um, they get everything um, except transition surgeries because I'm not paying for that shit. <laughs> uh, I, I agree <laughs> but, with you there. So, I mean, if you give them universal health care, there's three million of them. It is a good launching point to see if it is a possibility, if it could work. Um, and it's going to the people that have earned it. Um, I don't think someone that sits at home all day that's perfectly healthy collecting government checks should get freebies all the time. Um, but the veterans have served our country. They should be first in line for handouts, freebies, anything we need to, need to do to support them. So I, I talked to my uncle quite a bit about this, and here's the simulation of, of joining the military. Uh, the military preys on people fresh out of high school, usually no college degree. Um, they prey on people that live in you know lower income areas with the promises, we'll get you an education, you know, you'll, you'll come home with the money, everybody will love you, respect you, etc., etc. So you get these 18-year-old kids fresh out of school that join the military. They go, they may sign up for four years. Three years in, we go to war. Six months before your, your enlistment is almost over, you are being, you are being sent out, you are being deployed. You have no say. You don't get to say, no, I'm done in six months. No, when you get deployed, you're, you're done. You can go get deployed for three years. So now you're three years past, two and a half years past when you were supposed to come home. You've seen some horrible shit. You're 22 years old. You finally get back into the States. You're done with the military. They say... Thank you for your service. Here's your medals or whatever. If you need help, contact the VA. Go home. You go home. You have no job. You don't know what to do. You couldn't do school because you were deployed most of your, your enlistment. So you, you didn't do any schooling while you were in the military. You're not quite sure what to do. You're having nightmares. You're seeing shit. You call the VA. You say, hey, you know, I'm seeing fucked up shit. They're like... Oh, we'll get back to you in two two to four months. That's if a horrible. Longer. That's a horrible <laughs> fucking scenario. 
for people that go and fight a war for our country. That's just, that's insane. Yep, I know, uh, I want to say when I was 18 or 19, um, I come from a family of uh, people that have served the military, mixture of vets, probably all vets to some extent, but not quite all in war, like shooting guns at people. Um, my dad was in different countries, uh, handling uprisings with the Coast Guard. Uncle was in the Air Force. Uh, one grandfather was a Marine. The other was, uh, I believe, in the Army. Or maybe he was also a Marine. Um, but a long, way, way, way back. And we traced it generations back to the Civil War, um, where I've got family in the Civil War. We've been serving uh, generationally. I am the first generation that did not. Um, but I went and had the meeting and talked to them and... Uh, you know, at that time I was making bad choices. So I was like, well, you know, serving the, the government or serving the, my country might help. And I went through that whole, like, you know, uh, when you sign up your Uncle Sam's, your ass is ours. Uh, you can, you know, well, protect you from just about anything. You get in trouble when you're not, you know, on base. We come and get you. You belong to us. Uh, you get a ticket. It's gone because you belong to us. I'm like, all right, man, this all sounds good. I'm like, well, what's what's this going on in a, uh, Iraq over there? I, you know, well, I really kind of kicked, you know, beat around the bush about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of knew war was coming. Like, it, it was just there. One bush was embarrassed by Saddam Hussein. The second bush wasn't going to let that go. Uh, so I was like, I, I mean, I like the bonus money you're offering. I took the test and I tested at the highest that they, you know, you can. So I had a nice signing bonus. I would have got placed properly, had the pick of the jobs I wanted. Uh, but I know I was going to war and like, and that's not what I was signing up for. Yeah. Not to fight a frivolous war. I defend my country, but was not ready to attack another country that was not bothering us and and people you know older people people that are more educated people that you know are more free thinkers a lot of times they do think that they 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 may love the country but they're not going to go fight pointless wars and that's not what that's why they prey on lower income you know fresh out of high school kids that aren't going to ask any questions and that's also why a lot of times they they are set up to fail i mean if if let's think of the stigma they're they're broken down and rebuilt to be the the manliest of the men the the strongest men and women you ask no questions you do what you're told you march to that front line life or death and then you expect them to come home and if they're having like nightmares and fucked up mental health from the stuff they saw you want them to kind of revert from everything they were taught and admit to a weakness that they're having well, they're that's, that. exactly that's why a lot of them won't right oh what's wrong oh your uh sound went out for a minute oh that's weird you hear me now yeah yeah okay. you're good okay good yeah, I mean, uh, I know my uh, uncle told stories about the messed up stuff he had seen. 
Um, told a lot of other stuff more specifically to my dad, who had to relay some of that to me. Um, but there's just some really foul stuff that goes on. I mean, when you watch these war movies, uh, you know, like uh, Full Metal Jacket, you see some of the stuff on there, and you're like, mm-hmm. ah, that doesn't happen. Jarhead. Um, most of those movies come from a, a real place. Especially um, Full Metal Jacket. That was a amazing movie and, and very accurate for the time. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you just... It's probably even worse than what you can see in the movies uh, for these guys. And it takes a certain mentality uh, for that not to bother you. Mm-hmm. It just does. And uh, not many people possess that. I mean, psychopaths possess the mentality for war. Can you hear me? Um, you can hear me now, sir, right? Sorry, good. Yeah, now we're good. Um, but it, it, it's just not, it does not surprise me. The damage that this that these veterans go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into one a veteran on uh, yesterday when I went to buy my grill. I was having trouble with something, and uh, he was handling me at the the counter. And well spoken, great guy, um, very determined, and he was all about me. Like he seems like one of them that might not have been affected bad by it, but. That could also be a facade. Hmm. Um, we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, another thing to think about is right here in Wisconsin. I mean, how many VA hospitals do we have? Maybe a dozen. If if you don't live close to a large city, you may have a few hour drive to, to get to a hospital and then sit around there all day with the hopes of being seen. Like that's not realistic for a lot a lot of people. No, it's not. And I mean, when you live out in uh, the northwest part of Wisconsin, there's not much up there. Uh, not much at all. Yep. Trying to get us an answer to how many there are in Wisconsin. I know there's a, a couple good ones, like Toma is a really big one, but it serves a very large area. Um, from what I'm seeing, there are five VA centers in Wisconsin. Oh, that's crazy. And three of them are in the Milwaukee. Oh, Green Bay, La Crosse, Madison, and Milwaukee. Union Grove, Appleton, and Toma. So Appleton is probably the furthest west one. If you live on the west of the of the state, you got one hell of a drive. Oh, uh, La Crosse. Yeah, La Crosse. <clears throat> La Crosse is uh, the farthest west. But most of these other ones are from Madison and east. Um and Green Bay is the furthest north. Do you do you feel like prisoners are set up to be more successful when they're released from prison than than perhaps our own veterans are? Oh, that's hard to say. Um, because because if you're released from prison on parole, <laughs> they will they won't let you out until they have housing set up for you. Um, a lot of times there's somebody there to either make sure and assist you in finding a job. Veterans don't get any of that. No. Um, I mean, prisoners get health care. Yeah. They are 100%. They're fed every day. Uh, they have health care on site at all times, dental care. Vets do not have that. Um, vets have a very like small 
selection on people that can take their dental needs, mm-hmm. um, you're going to lose your teeth, essentially, because that's how long it takes for you to get dental care. It's happened to my dad, so I know it, it's a reality. Um, not saying my dad took great care of his teeth and did everything he should have, but uh, he's told me about how, how it is. Um, and then they lose your claim. Then you have to refile a claim. Then they lose your claim. Then you have to refile a claim. Then you lose your claim. Yep. Non-stop. Yep. Um, and I know he's got uh, mesothelioma from being on the ships back in the day when they were full of asbestos. Um, and when, you, when you're in prison, uh, Sarasota prisoners are very much set up better. They get high school diplomas and taught the trades. T- to be fair, you do get schooling in the military, but that's if you're not deployed. They'll pay for schooling when you're out, and there are really good benefits to be in the military if you know how to play the game. Uh, when my uncle joined the Air Force fresh, fresh out of high school, he was very educated. He knew why he was joining. He knew his purpose. He wanted schooling for this, this, and this, and he wanted to do schooling that made him happy that he didn't perhaps see a future in like he loves art and photography he got degrees in both of those because it was free through the military knowing that there was no point in him paying for that kind of schooling because it's really difficult to make money with those degrees but that's something he is passionate about so if you know how to play the game there are good benefits while you're in prison the problem is is when you get out or i'm sorry when you're in the military, <laughs> oh, the problem prison, all the truth comes out. <laughs> the, the the problems are when they let you out of the military. They don't. There's no guidebook. When you're in prison, you're spending however long you're there around people that know how to play the system. If you need this, this, and this, when you go to get out, contact these people. You can get you can get government insurance. You can get EBT, free phones. Like they know all the tricks of the trade. When you get out, the military doesn't teach you that. They teach you the opposite. Be a man. Don't take handouts. Don't ask for help. Don't show weakness. Like, they right. teach you the opposite of getting any form of help. Yep. It's almost like you should uh, get out of the military and go to prison for a year. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you can really learn some stuff, like to shank or be shanked. Uh, Sarah knows somebody that was learned how to cook in jail and somebody that got braces on their teeth. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, you won't get that in the military. Nope. Well, actually, you could learn how to cook there. They were all asking me to do that, and I'm like, why, why would I want to go to the military to learn to cook? I already know how to cook. I want to <laughs> go do something fun. <laughs> Let no. me shoot missiles and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, like, um, another thing people don't know about the military, when you join them, you take tests to see what you're good at. Um, a lot of the recruiters will tell you that you can join the military and you could be this. Um, no, no, you don't, you don't get to be what you want to be in the military. You get to be what they think you're good at and where they want you. My, my uncle was placed everywhere, but places he wanted to be, uh, as far as work. Yep, I was told that uh, when we were, I was talking about going to war, they gave me the likely scenarios. If you want to go fight, these are the jobs you want to sign up for. If you want to be back at base camp, this is what you want to sign up for. If you want to stay away from war, this is what you sign up for. 
<clears throat> and it all sounds so great. Like I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to go shoot people all day long. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think a lot of people would probably not want to do that. But what you sign up for and what you get don't usually don't mean the same thing when when after you sign on at that line. <laughs> yeah, I know a buddy of mine that uh, went to Iraq and his job was to carry caskets. And he was a beast of a dude. Like, I mean, you would think he'd be the one in a knife fight just going in and tearing people up. Damn, damn. It reminded you of the new uh, Jack Reacher. Have you ever seen Jack Re- uh, Reacher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new, not Tom Cruise, the new one. Alan Richson, that dude is like just a beast. This dude, Dave, is just a monster, just like that guy. Yeah, uh, his job was to carry caskets. My uncle, that's very similar. My uncle was in the Air Force. He was there for six years. Four of the years he was deployed. He was in Afghanistan and stationed in South Korea and and Japan. When he was in Japan at the base, he was a cook. When he when he was in Afghanistan, he was part of the team that went out and retrieved injured or dead bodies. Like do that all day long. Do that all day long and then be told how you're not supposed to show weakness and then wonder why they don't go home and ask for help about the shit they see in their dreams. Right. I mean, just Ah, like don't ask for help. Like how many dead bodies do you have to see before it just kills you? Now, obviously mental health has a huge correlation with substance abuse. People self-medicate. Uh, when they don't have the proper medication, they want to they want to feel numb. Um, and then we also have people with mental health, whether it's PTSD or something, that don't get help. Um, they have a hard time keeping jobs, keeping housing. So a lot of those people are the ones that end up homeless. And then a lot of people that see these veterans on the street, they think, oh, that's just some alcoholic or something when in reality it's just a severely mentally fucked up veteran that doesn't know how to get help is trying to drink the feelings away and can't keep a job and doesn't know what to do right and when i uh, was looking at this uh speaking of substance abuse uh what i saw is uh, about 11 percent of vets go to the va for substance abuse disorders um for drugs and alcohol 80% of those abuse alcohol, 27 abuse drugs, um, 7% do both. I mean, I, I, I would totally be just fine with smoking a little reefer and drinking a few beers if I was in these guys' shoes. Yep. Uh, marijuana is the most used. Uh, 3.5% of vets report using it. Um, and 2.3 million vets... Uh, report using it in the last year. 11% of vets are admitted to treatment centers for heroin use, 6% for cocaine use. Wow. I would have thought more of the cocaine, but... It's expensive. Um, it slows it down a little bit for you. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, we went over suicide rates uh, before you got on. I'll cover them again real briefly. Um, yeah, join us on time, sir, and you'll get your <laughs> answers, your questions answered. Uh, a couple of the quick, a couple of the quick topics was ninety eight percent of all veterans experience homelessness at some point in their life after being released. Um, Five point two million veterans were newly 
diagnosed with mental health issues in 2020, which was a 1.7 million increase from uh, 2018. Uh, 15 to 20% of veterans have PTSD or worse. And in 2021, 6,392 veterans killed themselves, a majority of them being women. And that is a almost 12% increase from 2020. Uh, so veteran suicides, even though we haven't been in a war, a, a real war since Afghanistan, right? Um. Yeah. I mean, um, there's. So even though there, even though there has been like a real war, suicide rates are going up, and we still the the three main groups of veterans is from the Gulf War, the uh, Vietnam era war, and the Korean conflict war, which is crazy because the Korean conflict war was from the fifties. There's still almost eight hundred thousand veterans alive today. And they must be pushing 100 years old. So those, those are just a, that's just a brief recap of earlier. <clears throat> um, here's, a, here's a narrative that you might enjoy or not enjoy. Politicizing veterans. We hear, we wonder why the fuck there's not more help allowed for veterans. Why they're not set up better to succeed when being released from the military. Republicans love to to use the lip service of veterans, but Republicans also voted against one of the largest veteran bills in 2018 under Trump. Not to say Democrats have done any better. Democrats don't talk about veterans or do anything to benefit veterans. It seems neither party really gives a shit about veterans. What do you think of that? Um, I agree. It's a lot of lip service. Um, I don't think either one serves them better than the other. Um, I think private citizens do better for the uh, veterans than the government does. Like or like private, like uh, charitable organizations and stuff. You saying? Yeah, and I mean, okay. like, uh, who is that? Uh, there's a lot of them out there, like um, Tunnel to Towers is one of the big ones out there, giving homes to vets. Um, I just saw Jelly Roll on a commercial with them. Mark Wahlberg's been on there. Um, a lot of movie stars are helping out in that area, and it's serving the veterans way better than our government does. Um, so... I, I, I agree. It's just lip service. I mean, I'd like to say that the Republican Party serves our military way better. Um, I think they just talk about it better. I think I think they're louder. When people think of, if you ask most Americans what <laughs> what party military service members support, and most of them would probably say Republican. I think that a lot of God-fearing, country-loving service members that had a successful run and do well after uh, getting released from the military, you know, typically older white men, <laughs> they kind of they kind of lean Republican. The the sad reality is is that the people that might benefit more from some of the 
the democratic freebies like the health care and the mental health help the the ones that may be homeless or having issues they're the real the reality is is they're not voting because they're too they're too messed up to even vote for the most part right or are just done with the government <laughs> yeah yeah I think a, a lot of what we run into when it comes to that is the largest chunk of people serving in the military are from poor white Republican states. Mm -hmm. I want to say it's like 75% of our troops, our enlistees are from poor white Republican areas. Like I said, uh, military, military preys on them. Uh, A lot of times they grow up poor, religious, their parents, their parents, bask in in the pride that comes with their child joining in the military. Um, right. You're going to get them teeth fixed, son. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't even remember, but I mean, I was, uh, I was watching like a debate uh, talk show or some crap. And, um, obviously it was left versus right. And the blue state guy could not even tell, the Republican, how much of the military comes from his area. Hmm. Um, Oh, we got this large military presence. Yeah, but it's all people from other parts of the country coming to your state. It's not actually people in your state enlisting. Yep. Um, It's people from Kentucky and Alabama and Georgia and Texas and Oklahoma. Um, It's not people from California and New York. Needless to say. Now, I'm curious to think of if you have any ideas on how to better set up veterans to succeed. Because just a couple things that top jump off the top of my head. And for the record, anybody that may know a veteran, anybody that may be joining the military, I have a whole skew of links for resources, for housing, for employment, for mental health, for physical health. I'm going to include it on all of our websites in the description of this video. Um, but some things that jump off the jump off the top of my head is the VA hospitals are paid for by the government. Get rid of them. They suck. They're underperforming. Give military personnel Medicaid and Medicare let them go wherever they want. Let them get faster health care. And then we have, we they spend so much money on enrollment services telling these kids the promises of the, the fame and glory they'll get and all the benefits to join. Why not give them the same, make them go through a class and a course to exit the military, teaching them if you're having this stuff, even though we've told you for 10 years that, you need to not be a little bitch if if you're having bad thoughts or something's fucked up. It's okay to ask for help. Like teach them, right? A deprogramming center. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can't leave the military until you hit this mark. Um, back in a civilian life, that transition is probably harder than the transition into the military. One hundred percent. Like here's the gun. Go shoot some commie bastards. All right. Now give me the gun back, but I don't want to. <laughs> I like now, shooting. Now funny. we need to teach you you're not allowed to shoot people here. You, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah, like a, a university or something where you kind of begin your, your transitional 
education uh, uh, to civilian life. Because people live in that military mindset years and years after they're out of the military. Yep. I mean, my dad was telling me stories right before he got out, how the military, when you don't live on a base, they like to come and try to search your house and set you up to try to get you kicked out of the military right before retirement. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to pay you the benefits. Not yep. that they're going to actually pay you them anyway. But we need to start treating our military better, for sure. Um, we talk a lot about teachers or have, and how little they make. Well, the military makes about half of what teachers make. Yep. Um, and then their benefits are only half of what they make while when they leave and they retire and serve all that time. <laughs> and the craziest is, thing is, is we have one of... One of the largest budgets every year is for our military. Right. And it's not going to the troops. That's yeah. for damn sure. I mean, granted, the retiring population of uh, military is getting bigger and bigger every year. You know, people retire unless people are going in. Um, you you got to give them the money to survive. You got to get them the training to deprogram and get back into normal civilian life. We got to provide them full resources. They should be able to walk into any doctor's office they need to go to 100%. at any time. There should be an open door for them somewhere to go. There should be medical centers that are open. Um, and I know a lot of our problem is we shut our mental health facilities down. We've got a limited number of those open where we used to have a lot of them. You could go into any major city and find a couple. Now, good luck. Yep. Um, there's probably like four of them in the metro Milwaukee area for the four million people that live in that area. And half of them SOBs are crazy. Yeah. Uh, they need a lot more facility. Uh, for the vets, yeah, they need to have an open door policy, go where they need to go, when they need to go there at any, any time. Uh, and we just need to kind of hold their hand through life. I think it would be interesting if Americans can see where some of the yearly tax budgets went. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure when we say X, X amount of billions of dollars is going towards the military, we let them figure out what to do with that money. Maybe we should yeah. start seeing a breakdown. This budget is going to mean... All, all service members are going to see a pay increase of this much. We're going to open a, uh, a deprogramming course that's required, and it's going to cost this much of the budget. Not just, oh, we need this new submarine. Like, we should yeah. see budgets. I mean, they have $800 million plus dollars, damn near a billion going to our, wait, no, $800 billion dollars going to our military um that should easily take care of everyone that's in the military first um if you're gonna you know do these fancy warplanes and subs and all that yeah they cost a lot of money but they can't be served without the men and the women yep that wear that uniform or have worn that uniform and like you said at the beginning we're seeing record low enrollments there's a reason yes i mean people are learning and i mean i i want to say it's a good thing that the people are learning not to trust the government 
but at the same time, it's a bad thing for the defense of our country. Yep. So if our country, uh, we can't trust our government, which we all know we can't. But we uh, definitely we don't argue. want people being forced to protect the country because they're not going to do a good job as opposed to somebody that wants to be there. Correct, because at any time there's a war, they can open the draft up. Yep. Um, it's legal to do it, and they haven't done it and since uh, Vietnam. So we're at about damn near 50 years since the last time they, they did the draft. But any time uh, you know, your kids hit 18, they have to go fill out their selective services paperwork. Uh, and that selective services paperwork is they're signing up for the draft. Yep. I remember, I remember getting the letter in the middle when I turned 18. Uh, Sarah said, I waited on wait list for a month to see my psych. Um, I'm with you there. I, 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 we both know that there's waiting lists uh, to get into a psychiatric help. I think you missed it earlier when we first jumped in. Um, VA hospitals typically have 30 or longer days to even like see somebody to get put on a referral, they may have to wait six months to a year to get to get psychiatric help. They have to go through huge pre-approval processes. Uh, a lot of times, if they can't say that it's something they got from being in the military, they could be denied. It, it's it's just, the VA is a really really dumb system. Terrible, absolutely terrible. But that goes to say for anything our government does. That's true. It's absolutely terrible. It's garbage. Uh, we can already argue political party all day long, but overall it's two it's two wings of the same bird. It is. It is. And I do think transparency with tax dollars would go a long way. If people actually saw how much we pay for a fucking hammer in, in the government or something people will start asking some serious questions. I mean, I think if people really want to see it, they can find it. It's just not readily available where you type in government budget and it breaks it down for you. You got to yeah, dig a yeah, little bit. Yeah. But I'm sure you can find those golden toilet seats and those platinum hammers on there. Pork barrel. That's a pork barrel money. All right. <laughs> well, with that said, again... I'm going to be listing a huge collection of resources on our website, unstableduo.com, on this Facebook, on our YouTube, for housing, for mental health help, for VA help, for uh, just general resources to figure out who to call to get help where you're not sure. Um, so if you're listening or you know somebody that could use it, um, the resources will be there. What we got going on next week, Justin? Who's the who's we the fascist? Who's the fascist? Okay, what's that mean? What's that mean to everybody? We are going to look at what fascism actually is. And then we are going to point out who is actually fascist. Because it might shock you and surprise you the similarities between certain groups of people and Hitler. I'm going to <laughs> pretend... I know the exact meaning, and I'm just going to say somebody listening might not know. So do you want to give a brief description of what a fascist is? Uh, a fascist is very similar to communism, uh, where the government is in control. The government regulates everything you do. 
they point the finger at other people and say they are the problem. Uh-huh. Um, that's generally a, a slight difference between communism and fascism. Is fascism is fascism, fascism. I'll get it out eventually. <laughs> um, are all about pointing the finger at other groups of people to say they are the problem. Um, that's what Hitler did with the Jews. So you're going to be talking about our own political figures that might be that? Uh, yeah, there's some uh, going to be a little politics mixed into it. Um, I'll try to take, take it easy on you, big guy, but, oh, man, it's going to be... Uh, sorry, I need to talk to G- George and get George scheduled because I think our our first episode of Season 3 after the summer break is going to be you two debating about the upcoming presidential election. Oh, he will have fun with that one. I'm sorry he's not here to see this. I mean, I'd say he's going to get spanked, but that would probably excite him. <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah. with that said, I hope everybody has a great week, um, and we will see you all next Sunday for Who's the Fascist? <laughs> oh, yeah. Peace. Peace out.